Tonight, I want to take just a few minutes and talk to you on this evening of the subject or the title of Walls Must Come Down. The story of Jericho is not anything that I'm sure is new to all of us. Most of us probably have heard this story. But here in the Bible verses, we have just shared tonight from the book of Joshua. And as we start this book with one of the most talked about people from the Bible, which would be Moses, which was Joshua's leader. He has passed away. Joshua is now in charge of everything. He's now the leader, and he is the one to bring God's people into the promised land. And the Bible said that they had wandered there for 40 years in the wilderness, where so much had happened. But now God is using Joshua to take them over the River Jordan, and the Scripture says they are now facing Jericho. And what I want you guys, what I want to get you guys to see is God's heart and desires for people in this text when he said, I have a promised land that awaits you. I have a place that is flowing with milk and honey. In other words, there is more that I have for you in this life. In other words, I don't want you to be content, says God. I don't want you to just settle at where you are in life. Even if you are in a good place, how many of you know that God can take you to a much better place? The whole point of what he is saying to Joshua, I need you to lead my people because I need to understand that I have more for them. God is saying, you see, Joshua, they haven't seen the best yet. They haven't seen the greatest blessings yet. I've known they've seen me provide in multiple ways, and for some of them, I've already shocked and astonished, and I've done things that have blown their mind, says God, but I want to remind them of who I am. And if you were to look over at Ephesians 3.20, God says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And regardless of what I have done up to this point, God is saying, Joshua, I need you to lead them, guide them, and help them understand that I have a land over there that is greater than where they are currently standing at right now. The Bible describes it in Deuteronomy 8. It's called the promised land or the land flowing with milk and honey. In Deuteronomy 8, 7, 9, it says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of figs and vines and pomegranates, a land of olive oil, honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. Guys, I don't know about you, but God says, I got a place for you. A place in which you don't have to scrape by in life. A place where you don't just have to just get by. You just don't have to just barely make it. But guys, there is a place in God where he says the land that I have for you is a whole lot greater than where you are right now. And maybe I'm just talking about my own life and my own situations in my life. But does anyone in here believe that God actually has more for you in this life? Am I the only one or is there somebody else in here tonight? Let me ask you this question. Do you believe he has more for your marriage? Do you believe he has more for your children? Do you believe more for your grandchildren, your ministry, the business that you are trying to get off the ground? God, we, guys, we serve a God that the Bible says he desires to take us from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And his desire is to take us, this church body, further and higher than we've ever been before. I believe in my God that has more for me and you. Does anybody else in here believe that tonight? You have to understand that something is significant. And what's amazing about this in the Bible, it says that the people in Joshua 6.1, that they are facing Jericho. And in Scripture, it says that Jericho was shut up because of what was outside, because of the children of Israel. 
This place was shut up. It was locked down because of what was on the outside. What does this mean? If we were to look closer and study, the text will tell you that the whole place was in a panic because of the prophetic promise that God gave the people outside. In other words, a whole city had locked itself down because they said, wait a second, I don't know how long we're going to be able to stay here. I don't know how long we're going to be able to maintain. Why? Because of what is out there. Have you not heard about these people? And the people in Jericho are like, these are the people where the Red Seas were parted for them by God. These are the people where God had moved mountains for them, had provided for them in supernatural ways. These are the people that God led by a cloud of day, uh, by cloud in the day, and a pillar of fire by night. And for those, and, and they also swallowed up all of the enemies in the sea. You want us to go outside? We're scared of these people. We're not going outside. That was their thought. And let me just say this tonight. We all know this, or we all need to be reminded of this. The enemy is so scared if we individually, if each one of us can come to the understanding of the prophetic promise and purpose that is on each of our lives. You see, vipers don't strike until they are scared. And could it be that the enemy is so afraid of you and that is why the devil has been fighting and has been attacking and coming at you with everything he's got? Because the devil understands that if any of us could ever get the revelation of who we really are in Christ and what God has called us to do, then the devil is in for a whole lot of trouble. In fact, the land that the enemy is on right now, we need to remind him he's trespassing. Some of us in here, when we leave tonight, you know what we need to do? You need to take some of the anointing oil and go home to your houses. And you need to start declaring, this is God's house. He is protecting everything in here. And devil, whether you like it or not, tonight is your eviction notice. Get out of my house. Get out of my health. Get out of my finances. Get out of my marriage. You see, guys, we need to tell the devil, my family doesn't belong to you. My finances don't belong to you. My health and my healing don't belong to you. The ministry that God is calling this family doesn't belong to you. Devil, everything that I just mentioned to you belongs to God, and this is my promise, and you have no authority, so get out. We need to remember that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't know about you guys, but I am personally, I am believing like never before. And I know that we or our church, we don't have a monopoly on God. But I am believing for this church body that every area that God gives us a foot place in, I'm hoping hell gets in a panic. Because they said, here comes that palace people. And they're about to do something in Butler County. Something's about to change up in here. And we got we to gotta, gotta start getting after them. That's what they're going to be saying. But we have to understand that scripture said this. That between where God was taking them and where God had them, there was Jericho. A walled city, thick walls, huge walls. Walls to the natural man that could not be penetrated. They couldn't be climbed over. They couldn't be scaled over because of how big and how thick that they were. Some historians say that they were so big that you could ride chariots on the top of them. Most military up to this point in history, they didn't even bother to go near anywhere near Jericho. They were like, what's the point? Nothing can be done. Everyone thought it. There's no way that these walls are ever going to come down. And as we go through this thing we call life, we have to understand obstacles are going to come at us, whether you like it or not. I was told very young, there's two things very assured about life, death and taxes. 
I'm going to add on bills too. They don't ever stop coming. No matter how long I leave that mail drawer shut, when I open it, they're still going to be there. Obstacles, they're always going to be there. But I want to tell you something. Obstacles are just disguised opportunities. I want to tell you that advancement and progression are often clothed in opposition and adversary. Remember, in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. And oftentimes, when there is an opposition, I promise you there's an opportunity for God to do something great in the lives of his people. This was a big hindrance to Israel, and they had to get over it and get through it in order to get what God had for them. And often the enemy will place Jericho, Jericho walls or Jericho situations in front of us, put exceedingly impossible barriers and walls that you and I say we can never get through or get around or, or break down. Thoughts up here in our head, you'll never get there. You'll never be able to do it. You'll never be able to achieve it. You'll never be able to accomplish it. Barriers are walls that stand between us and those dreams. Jericho is to stand between us and God's will for our lives. Jericho is to stand between us and the promise of God. They are standing there in defiance looking at us, and they are saying, we're never going to get out of your way. They are saying, you have been this way all your life, and you're going to stay there. But I believe that God actually put tonight together where he could get some of you here so he could tell you his promises are true and the devil is a liar. Because the Bible verses that we've been reading from tonight, they're here to remind us, I don't care how big those walls may be, they can and they will come down. There are often, there are often many different things that Jericho represents. It was at Jericho in 2 Kings that it was a beautiful city. A growing city. It goes into great detail about this city. But underneath it, it says the waters were bad or bitter. In other words, it looked good on the outside, but underneath it, it, was, it wasn't good. And if we go over to 2 Samuel where it says David had to leave some of his men at Jericho because they had been shamed. Half of their beard had been cut off because of what the enemy had done to them and stripped them. And here they were at Jericho waiting on everything, waiting for everything to come back together. But then the Bible said also in the New Testament... The Jericho was where the man was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho where he fell among thieves and was robbed, where he was stripped, where he lost everything and was left for dead. But it was also at Jericho where Jesus, the Bible says, he would often meet blind men, and that's where we get the story of blind Bartimaeus. What am I trying to get you to see there? You see, Jericho's, these walls, these are things in our lives that watch this that want us to be content with an external look as if everything is okay, but but truthfully, underneath, there's nothing but brokenness. There's bondage. There's hurt. There's pain. No one understands but Jesus. And Jericho says it's the walls that want to rob you from your vision so that you cannot see. It's robbing you and stealing your joy, your victory from you, and it keeps you in a place of shame, and it's not allowing you to get where God wants you to be and what he has for you. I need to say this to everyone right in here tonight. Because you may have walked in here tonight and said, you know, I know this isn't for me. This is a kid's church service. In fact, I was probably expecting someone else up here to preach tonight. You know what? You are here because there is a God in heaven that has a perfect plan for you. And maybe I don't know if that plan is off track, but just maybe tonight is where you get everything back on track and start seeing what God really has for you. Whether anyone wants to hear it or not, 
each of us have walls in our lives that have got to come down. I don't care how perfect you think your life is. Walls, mentalities, mindsets, walls of little thinking, walls of little dreaming, walls of insecurity, feeling alone, discouragement, walls that have come about because of past wounds, walls of bitterness, resentment, and frustration, walls that maybe are in our families, that are in our marriage, and walls that are between me and my children. And I'm here to tell you tonight that all of us have or had had walls in our lives, but that's why you are here or you are coming or you made a decision in the past to hear a word like this and understand, you know what? Yeah, we may have walls, but they don't got to stay there. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And I want to tell you that when God brought them out of Egypt, he didn't, want them, he didn't want them to stay where they were. He wanted to take them into a better place. And the Bible says that he brought them out so he could bring them into something new. And God, when God brings you out of where you are, he doesn't bring you out to take you into a lesser place. God brings you out of where you are so he can take you into greater and newer things. And if God has brought you out of bondage, it's to take you into freedom. If God has brought you out of sickness, it's to take you into healing. And if God has greater things for your life, you know, let me just say it this way. God doesn't just desire that you just be saved and stop there. I want to say this whether you believe it or not. You've got a purpose in this life. You have a calling to carry out. You've got a mission to accomplish. You have been given God-given dreams, and we've got to see them come to pass. We've each got a destiny to fulfill, and God does not just save you just so you're saved. You've been called to do so much more than that. You and I have been called to leave a lasting mark on this earth before we are called home. So then the question is, is how do I accomplish all this? Hebrews 11 says, by faith. I want you to listen to this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith. And the question is tonight, do you believe it's time for walls to come down? Do you believe greater for your life? Because sometimes we can be in seasons and circumstances for so long that we begin to take on those mindsets of what we're dealing with in this time. We begin to believe this is what life is. This is what it what it'll always be. A matter of fact, some of us will get to the point where circumstances become our identity because you've been there for so long. And someone needs to hear this tonight. You are not what you've been through. The mistakes, that is not what defines who you are. You are not what you are in. You are who God says you are, and you can do what God says you can do. And your identity does not come from your failures. Your identity comes from your Father in heaven. I don't care how many times you failed. I don't care how many times you got knocked down. I want to know, are you going to get back up? Do you believe walls can come down? Do you believe you can get out of that place that you've been in for so long? The message tonight that I'm trying to get someone in faith tonight to believe is this. You are not hopeless. You are not helpless. And you are not alone. If you still have a heartbeat in there, there is hope for you. God has a plan for you, and his plan is good. Got a couple quick points. First point is this, separation of faith. The Bible said in Joshua 5, as it came to pass when Joshua 
was at Jericho. If you read in context, Joshua had gotten alone by himself. He was separated himself from the people. He was by himself for a moment. And sometimes if you want to see walls come down, it's going to require a separation. He separated himself from, the, from people. In other words, if I need a wall to come down in my life, it means I may need to get away from the crowd that I've been hanging out with. Why haven't these walls fallen in your life? It's because possibly of the crowd you're hanging out with, the circle you are running with, and the influence you are allowing into your life. The question you need to ask is this. Does the circle I'm in currently add to my life, or does it take away from my life? Because church, they're doing one of two things. They are either lifting you up, or they're tearing you down. They're causing you to grow, or they're causing you to die. And you need to be careful of the company you keep. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a company of fools shall be destroyed. Now let me say, I'm not just talking about what we would consider bad people. Sometimes it's actually good people. In the book of Acts, they fasted and prayed that the Holy Spirit and said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. And notice the group around them. They were all called to God's work, but it was a time that the Holy Spirit says, you know what, I need separation because I'm about to take them into a new place. These were just seasonal situations, seasonal friendships, and you know what, that's okay. Some people come, some people go, and people in your life are about seasons, and that's what we call life. And it's okay, and that doesn't make them bad, but sometimes God has to separate you from something smaller so he can get you to something bigger. And for those people you leave behind, it doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just saying, it's just God saying, I have a different destination for you. I've got a different uh, opportunity for you, and I've got to create separation so you'll focus on me. You see, you might be in a, separation, a season of a transition right now, but you have a God, a God who says, my goal is to take you to places that you never even thought possible. Second point is this, authorization. The Bible says in Joshua 5, 13, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes, looked, and behold, and a man stood opposite him, a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for your adversaries? And Joshua's trying to say there is, Are you with us? Are you against us? And the individual said this, Neither. It says in verse 14, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua was standing there in that moment thinking he was in charge of everything. But he now understands that he's got to submit to a greater authority. And here I am all this time doing what I thought was right up until this point. This is what Joshua was thinking. But now I've got to submit to something that's greater. He said, i got to submit because here is what happens sometimes. How often do we try to get God to authorize what he has to put in place in the first place? We try to get God to bless something he didn't get the authorization to in the first place. Let me give you an example. How many of you all have ever gone out to eat somewhere and they bring that tab or that receipt to you and if you're anything like me, I am going to examine that entire thing real quick. I want to see what's on there. Now I'm sure, this has never happened to any of you guys, but I'm sure that when you got that tab and you saw everything, you're like, oh, I didn't order that but bless God, I'll pay for it anyway. No, what you would actually be doing is this. Waiter, waitress, uh, nah, I'm not paying for this. I didn't authorize this, therefore I'm not responsible for it. And could it be that sometimes 
We send up these prayer tabs or receipts to God that we want him to pay for, but he never ordered it for us in the first place. You see, God didn't order that boy or girl in your life. God didn't order this or that. And oh, by the way, you can't get mad at God because he didn't order that for you in the first place. The Bible says in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he's gonna direct your path. The third thing is this, cooperation. The Bible says, when you talk about cooperation in Joshua 6.1, God gave him some real unique instructions. God says, I want you to do it this way. But this was not a military way of doing things. It wasn't a way that Joshua was familiar with. He didn't give him instruments, but he gave him instructions. Joshua's over here thinking, as a, as a, uh, a military guy, I need cannons, I need swords, shields, I need whatever I can get to accomplish this. But God is saying, if you do it with these instruments, you might get the glory. But God is saying, I'm going to give you instructions that come from me so we can accomplish this the right way. And here is the thing about cooperation is that we have to cooperate with God and obey him, even when it doesn't make any sense. Because it didn't make sense to a military mind to march around stone walls. Military says shoot. The military says kill. The military says throw down. But my God was saying walk. If you want walls to come down, there has to come a time or a point in your life when you're willing to obey and it doesn't make any sense. And too many times we want to understand before we obey. But God is looking for a people that will say, you know what? I will obey and I will trust not try to understand and obey. And too many times we get caught up with what we think we are gonna lose by obeying, that we don't see all the things that we have to gain. Because the Bible says over in 1 Samuel 15, 22, that to obey is better than to sacrifice. Pastor John, if you and the worship team would go ahead and come on out. Excuse me. Well, if I obey God, I gotta give up this. If I obey God, I got, I got to stop doing that. I got to do this. I got to let go of that. I've got to do this. You know what? I promise you that whatever you have to let go of in order to follow God, he's got something so much greater, so much bigger, so much more fulfilling. The Bible even says that anything that you lay down for his sake and he will see and notice and he's going to bless. Next thing is this Continuation. The Bible says something really unique about them marching around Jericho. Notice what it said in another version of the scriptures. It said, they continued continually. They continually continued while they were walking. And could you imagine, just try to imagine for a second, what it would be like walking around those walls. You're looking up, you're seeing everything, and then you've got to walk around because that's what God's telling you to do. You gotta follow him. You gotta obey even when it doesn't make any sense. Me walking around, it's gonna knock that down. You gotta be kidding me. Here's the thing. You see, guys, God could have knocked those walls down the very first day. This had the circling had nothing to do about God. It was about those people. He said, walk. Walk for seven days. 
looks the same. Still feels the same. Still walking, God. Nothing's changing. Nothing's getting better. God, what is this plan of yours? Now watch this. Often God will wait to see how you respond when it seems like life's just going in circles. When it seems like it's the same thing day after day and it becomes monotonous. Go back to walking. It's Monday. God, I'm praying. God, I'm praying like I've never prayed before. changed go back to walking God I'm giving I'm listening to your scripture and I'm giving my, my tithe and my offering and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to obey everything you said nothing's changed go back to walking Mike this is my fifth time doing a fast Mike this is the 20th Sunday I've come up in a row praying about that need and it still hasn't changed nothing's changed what do I do Keep walking. The Bible says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain, but for the Lord. And maybe let's just change that word labor there for lapping. God, I'm believing as I go around in my circles that God, you're gonna, you're gonna heal my family member. God, I believe that you're gonna touch my children. And you see, guys, that's why I keep coming. That's why I keep getting involved and helping with the work of the ministry. That's why I'm getting involved. That's why we need to get involved in small groups. That's why you get involved in Connect class. That's whether they like it or not, and this is just a freebie for you. Yes, your kids need to go to Sunday school, and they need to go to kids' church. And whether they like it or not, sign them up for the youth retreat this fall. They'll be blessed. Why do I do all that? Because seemingly, now I want you guys to watch this. If you've ever seen a a potter's wheel before, the wheel is only as powerful as the clay is going in circles. And if the vessel comes to a standstill, the potter cannot fulfill his will on what he's trying to do. Because as long as it's seemingly spinning in circles, the hands of the potter can mold it, they can shape it, and they can form it and work out all the imperfections. The worries, the stress, the insecurities, the failures, the bondage. Because guys, God does not see you where you're at right now, but he sees you in your future of what you can be. And what he's saying tonight is this. What I have for you over in that other land, it's going to take a greater capacity than what you have at this moment. And God is saying, you know what? It may seem like nothing is happening. But God is saying in these moments of circling, there is more happening in you than you see happening for you. And we have to understand that God's process is different than ours. He's more concerned about the process of your character than the promises. God is saying, I want the inside prepared to carry what I have on the inside. Are you ready? Got to go back to walking. Stay with me because I'm going to go somewhere with this. While you're in your season of continuation and doing your walk and trying to keep your focus on God, everyone out there is going to start saying things to try to discourage you. 
your friends at school, your own family. Why you go to that big church on the hill? There ain't nothing but just weird people. You see, we're going to start walking. We're going to start believing. We're going to start prophesying over our families. And while we're doing all that, you know what's going to start happening? They're going to start saying, what's that palace bunch up this do? What are they up to this time? You know, last time, they started doing a community worship service. Now they're setting up to do worship at city events. Last time, they started setting up for Christmas plays. But now this time, they're starting to rent out the Coliseum because we got to have more room for it. And as we keep walking, God's going to start doing something. Keep walking. Mike, those things I'm praying about, keep walking. Because as we keep walking and keep focusing on what God's wanting to do, He's going to set something up so amazing. Because while we're walking and they're out there ridiculing and making fun of us, they're going to start seeing something different as we walk through our town. They're going to see families pulling up to drop off at school, and they're going to see parents praying over their kids and speaking in tongues before they go into that school. Man, what's that palace bunch up to this time? They're going to another building project. Everyone out there doesn't know this is a season of continuation. And while we're trying to keep the focus, everyone out there is going to be thinking, they finally lost it. Because they will say, if you listen to that church long enough, you're going to start hearing weird things. You're going to start seeing weird things. Because you might hear them start singing songs at work going, hell lost another one. I am free. If you listen to them long enough, you're going to start hearing some of them elementary and teenagers start speaking in tongues. If you listen to them long enough, you're going to start hearing moms and dads start declaring promises over their children and their grandchildren. And while they're criticizing and everything else, what are we going to do? We're going to walk. We're going to believe. We're going to start declaring the Word of God the way it's supposed to be done. And guys, the point I'm trying to get you to see is this. God is saying, I want you to continue without breaking your concentration. Joshua 6.2 says, I have given Jericho to you, but what do you do when what you're seeing doesn't look like what God said it's going to be? What do you do? Go back to walking. Go back to walking. And you say, Pastor Mike, I haven't seen anything yet, but you know what? God's still moving. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, God is moving and he's wanting to do something so amazing. Can you see yourself healed? Can you see your family walking together in church together? Can you see those chains of addiction falling off in the name of Jesus? And can you see yourself walking in victory with every head, every, every eye closed and head bowed, please? I'm going to make this very, very easy, very brief. If you say, Pastor Mike, I have got chains in my life, my family's life, and I'm ready for them to come down. If that's you, right now, this ain't about me. This ain't about Kids Fest. This is about somebody saying, Pastor Mike, I've got walls that have got to come down. I can't leave here tonight without them coming down. If that's you, would you start coming this way right now? Come to this altar. Thank you for breaking the ice. 
When you guys get down to this altar, though, do me a favor. If you want to kneel down, go ahead. But you know what they said and what they did? They walked and they were silent for seven days. But what did they do on that seventh day? They shouted. They shouted. So right now, in an act of faith, as Pastor John and them get ready to start playing, I dare you to say, Jesus, I am free, and these walls have no more control over me. And if that's you right here, right now, start putting up your hands right now. Start worshiping right now. Can I get some prayer warriors to come help pray with me, please?